Hello and welcome to the Keith and Kelly Show. We're going to talk about all things price today. So that in the in this world, price is a very important thing, but it does have some iffy things and question marks and different tactics and negotiating uh, things. And just so happens we have, um, would you consider yourself a master negotiator, Keith? I would hope so. After all those deals, <laughs> I think I got it, Kelly. I think I got it now. I just got it last week, though, so I feel really comfortable about what I'm going to say here. So, how before we dive right in, what is negotiation? Like, let's set some framework here. What does that mean? So, when you when you approach a a, a seller as a listing agent, I have a very cynical approach to how most listing agents understand their mission that they're trying to accomplish. I'm accomplishing two missions. I'm working for the seller and I'm working for me. Not for me to earn a commission, but for me to prove the value of their home. So the best way you could say that when I look at a seller, it all starts of course with the list price because you don't have the right list price. You're not gonna get the right offers or as many offers as you need to be able to prove a price. So you start with the list price, but in, in the end, I need to know for me that I didn't leave any money on the table. And the only way you can ensure that you didn't leave any money on the table, Kelly, is to have a very accurate list price or you will leave money on the table because you're not attracting all the buyers. That's what my book's about, The Listing Agent. It's called The Listing Agent. And uh, it's all about how to set a list price and how to be so patient not to accept an offer on day one, two, or three of the listing. We might be down the road 20 days with 20 offers and still haven't picked one yet because we have not proven to ourselves that we've accomplished the mission of that full value sale. So the reason why we do this is the reason. It's not just because we want to be a hero for the seller to make them love us. That's not really the mission. The mission is that we look at our negotiating skills as something that we were known for. We're known for that. So when people that have closed a deal with me come back to me or refer their friends, they're referring their friends because of that mission that they know I was doing for them. And I'm very strict about it. It's not, well, let's just take a deal now because we got full price offer on day two. No, we go through an entire process of vetting out that, that listing to make sure that we've seen it all before we do anything. So how do you... How does that translate to, say, an individual agent who is salivating at getting a full price offer? And look, guys, the, it's been the wild, wild west here for the past couple of months as far as uh, listing prices and, and way, like way over asking, firstborn, kidney, like they're really throwing everything at these offers. So how do you, how do you stay patient? So... I'm more patient than our star negotiator, Renee. I have a team, so on my team, Renee Golda Widman's my, my pro. I've trained her for six years. She's now what we call an ACN, All True Certified Negotiator. There's only two ACNs in all of All True. It's, it's her and I. And um, so she's not as patient as I am, but she's very close to me. And the reason why I'm so patient is I have a philosophy that if one buyer loved your home and made you an offer, so will the next and so will the next. So. If you're in day number two or three and you've already got five showings and one offer in the hopper, there's nothing to be nervous about because you are already popular with the buyers 
And that popularity is not unique to one buyer. It's going to just continue over and over and over again. That's not guaranteed to happen, Kelly, but that's about 98% of all listings are that way, where you're just going to, if you just keep waiting, you're just going to get more and more offers. And the reason is, is because all the buyers that you're talking to have already looked at the same properties on the market. They're all smart. They all want a beautiful home. So if one buyer that's already looked at 20 homes says you're a good deal at that price and they're trying to buy you, well, so is everybody else. So why are you in a hurry? Because if you're in a hurry, you don't have enough data, enough data points to understand what you're doing. And I don't. When people say, Keith, what's the value of my home? I don't know. And I really tell them that. I don't know because that's why you want to hire me because I'm not going to give you some number in my head like a neighborhood expert might say and say, you're worth $300,000. Well, that's not really true. That's what your listing agent said. But the buyers might say something else and they will. So my approach allows the buyers to tell me where value is. And we have a listing in the Keys right now for 1.6 million that we have an offer sitting there for a week now at 1.7 and one at 1.75, but they won't give me an appraisal hedge, which I need an appraisal hedge because I got offers way above my list, but the comps only say 1.6. So I do look at my comps really closely to figure out how much to hedge off to the buyer on appraisal shortfall. So I am looking for a hedge like an appraisal addendum attached, but not at the sales price 1.7 to 1.75 million. I want that, that number to go in the appraisal addendum at 1.6, where I think the appraisal will come in. So I want a buyer willing to take down 100,000 to 150 appraisal hedge. And those two buyers won't give that to me right now. And I'm not willing to give them a, a contract on the house because I know the seller in particular, he's a friend, but besides the friend, I, I'm not gonna bet an appraisal, I just get lucky. I see the numbers, so does my negotiator Renee. We see the numbers at 1.6. So patience is confidence that we're gonna get the right deal and you don't wanna enter into any deal in real estate ever if it's not the correct deal, yeah. meaning everything. Escrow one, escrow two, the right loan approval deadline of, we use 20 days, not even 30 like the Florida As Is contract calls for. So we have a particular repertoire we go through on that contract and also, I need to make a deal stick. I don't want to redo a deal and lose it because of appraisal. And they're just going to negotiate against me, right? So if I come up short 150000 with the appraisal because I hurry up a deal, who's paying for that appraisal shortfall? They're going to split it with me? No, thank you. Right. I work for the seller. So, that so how do you negotiate with, how do you get the seller on board with you knowing what you're doing? And I know that's a very loaded question, that's but great. if I'm selling a property, I, I don't just say, oh, Keith knows what he's doing. Like you have to in turn negotiate that or influence that or use some kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm curious to know. So with Tony, he's a friend and Tony's super savvy, so it's not a problem with Tony. But if Tony wasn't a friend, I would explain that our mission is to write a contract and have it closed at that number. And I don't feel comfortable we're gonna get an appraisal at one six, so let's just wait. You, you've owned this home for, he's owned the home for 10 years or whatever, 15 years, so he can wait a week. But if he didn't wanna wait, he can take the 1.755. I don't tell sellers what to do. And as a listing agent, you never can say to a seller, you know, do this, do that. That's a mortal mistake to make as a listing agent because uh, you'll ruin the relationship. 
they'll think you're too tough, you're a bully, you you don't you don't run through concrete walls for sellers. You there we work for them. I'm a single agent the way I roll, but if you're a transaction broker, either way, um, you have to let that seller tell you what you're able to do for them. But in the case of a recent deal, I had 24 offers in 24 days. I knew we had an appraisal shortfall down to 180,000. It was a 230,000 dollar list. We had so many offers, but they were all buyers that didn't have any cash for appraisal shortfall. And the same way with the Tony's property in, in the Keys, same way, they're, they're just not there right now yet, but they'll be there. But on that case with the 20 days and 20 offers, it was actually 24 days and 24 offers is what the real number was. We finally got the cash buyer. There was a special buyer they wanted to get in that house right away. And I held that seller's hand the whole way and said to her, Lori is her name, let's just keep waiting. And Renee goes, Keith, are you sure? I go, yep, let's just keep waiting. Why? Because waiting made her 30K more because she was willing to do a deal at 200. She said, I'll do a deal at two. She had plenty of equity in the property. But we said, Lori, you know, I think you can, we can do this just a little bit more time. So why do you do it? Well, Lori is a prolific seller. She knows a lot of people. So when you do that kind of work for sellers, you know what they do with referrals, right? Exactly. 50% of my business is referred. And when I talk to realtors from other companies, I'm not mentioning any names, but other brokerages, they say, Keith, you know you know how lucky you are that you get all those phone calls? Because I get phone calls every week with somebody saying, Keith, remember? Keith, remember? I go, yeah, I don't. And I look at my system and find out who they were. I go, yeah, I remember you. And the reason why they, they came back is because of that, the effort we put in. Um, here's a story for you, Kelly. Uh, I had a lady back in 2013. This is when I was first getting my my groove on, if you will, as, as a heavy negotiator. I mean, you, you, I always thought it was good, but you don't know it until you really do a lot of deals and all of a sudden you go, wow, this all works, this works. I knew what to do, but I hadn't quite proved it to myself yet. So I had a, a lady that says, Keith, I got three properties to sell. And she knew me from a prior deal or two. So she gave me the three to sell. And one was a beautiful oceanfront property listed for, I think it was oceanfront for, it was just, I think 590,000 list or 620 list. We got an offer for 520, $100,000 less. She needed the money. And they made the offer. I didn't counter them as usual because I don't counter people. We haven't gone into my negotiating tactics, but I don't counter. I don't take full price offers and I personally don't counter. It passes the power to the buyer's agent. Well, I don't do that. I'll explain that in another, in another mm -hmm. podcast. Mm -hmm. But um, when it came down to her, she says, Keith, call them. I go, I can't. If I call them, they're going to think we're desperate and our, our strategy won't work. Because what we did was we, we, we carried them as a move in negotiating. That is, you, you say, okay, so they offered 500, we're at 620. I said, if you move to 590, my seller will sign off. It's a carrot. You dangle it, you don't put it in writing. It's not an official counter. It's a carrot. So I carroted the person and I'm waiting for them to respond to my carrot, but they didn't. And it's day one, day two, day five. We're in day 14, we got nothing from the buyer's agent. I had nothing, I'm in day 16, I had nothing. And she kept calling me every day and I said, we can't do anything, we must wait. Because if I give them something, and it, like if I would try to counter, she goes, counter them, Keith, go down to 550. I go, you're just gonna give away your money, just, just wait. And I had confidence, I knew what I was doing, but not sh totally, this was 2013, way back when. Even though I've been a broker since 1984, it's still, I've done so many deals since then. 
What happened was the buyer was on a remote island without internet. No kidding. Yep. <laughs> and, I, and sure enough, in day number 20 or 25, the, the, the buyer's agent calls me up. He goes, Keith, I've got you your full price offer, which was really the carrot at whatever it was. It was the 590. Yeah. And that was the deal. I got it done. And I would not let my seller twist my arm into communicating with the buyer's agent because I don't do that. I don't communicate at all like other agents do about, hey, where's the offer? Are you gonna make an offer? Unless we have an offer on the table and we're trying to vet out everybody that wants to be in a multiple offer situation. Yeah, we'll call them because we're saying, listen, we're doing the highest and best tomorrow. You showed it today. If you wanna make an offer, you better hurry along. That's not pandering, that's helping. Yeah. Pandering is calling somebody up and saying, well, you know, you haven't responded to us yet, so what are you doing? That's a counter. Whether you know it or not, listing agents, you just, gave away your motivation to them by doing that. Yeah, it's all about leverage. Like negotiation, sometimes negotiation gets this dirty word or this bad mindset and you know, call it whatever you want, but it's using leverage, right? You're, you're finding the leverage to uh, negotiate for whomever you, your horse is, whatever, whatever team you're on, you're negotiating. That doesn't make you a bad person. And I think this sometimes has the stigma of being a hard ass or whatever, you know. So there. Oh yeah. So a lot of agents I see they don't have that confidence to to say no. Here's here's the way it is. You know they want to like you mentioned pander to the audience and cater to the audience. And one of the things that I I do very early on with with my clients is we set a list of values and principles that whenever things happen, whatever multi-offer deal. Uh, hard to negotiate with buyer seller no matter what there are a set of principles and values that they can fall back on and say no no no. here is where I've planted my flag and so my question to you is what what value or principle do you have that gives you the confidence to go no 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 this is who I am and this is the way we do things rather than kind of chasing that chasing the deal so I've always been a really good salesperson. I had a clothing store back in the day named Kiefer's Menswear. I sold suntan lotion on the beach to, to tourists for six years as a kid. I was selling all my entire life, right? My dad is like, it was a crazy good salesperson too. So I already kind of knew that what selling was about. The confidence comes from knowing what I'm doing from the buyer side. I know how buyers think. I don't think like a listing agent. It has nothing to do with it. I don't think like a seller, I think like a buyer. I know what they're trying to do. So what I'm trying to do is not help them, not, I'm trying not to let them hurt my seller. Because I'm trying to let them help me help my seller. Because I'm just using the buyers is what I'm doing. So when you over communicate with the buyer's agent, you're basically telling the buyer, don't worry. We got a deal for you. We're gonna make this happen. So that's not how I want buyers to feel. I want buyers to be very worried. I want buyers agents to be very worried. I want them to sweat, but I don't want to be mean to them. I want them to sweat. Why? Because when they're nervous, I get all the money. That's all you have to do as a, as a listing agent is make them nervous. Um, the reason why you price a home where they could give you a full price offer is to make the entire market nervous that if they don't move, they're going to miss that beautiful home because that's what an accurate list price does. It makes everybody nervous right off the bat because they're thinking, Kelly, they're going to miss the home if they don't move. If buyers don't feel that compelled to make an offer, 
before somebody else makes one, they will not make the offer. Right. They'll That's sit the, back and they'll wait. They'll buy their time. Do you, they'll save you on Zillow for a price drop. All those saves you see on Zillow, those are saves for price drops. Yeah. So the way you don't get those saves, the way you get offers, is you compel everybody to make the offer. The other thing is, there's a principle I go by, back to your principle thing, it's called the all buyers principle. I have all these coined terms in my book. All buyers means when you price a home, you're pricing it to all the buyers in the universe for that home and that zip code. It's not one buyer that comes along and makes the offer, it's all the buyers. It's like using the shotgun approach as opposed to adding a bunch of wiggle room, hoping one lonesome buyer comes along and gives me my money, which doesn't happen that way. You need all the buyers in the universe to help you find value. So that's the, core, that's the core principle, but there's many other principles, but that's the one that I know works for me and my sellers is that principle. And I explain that to them. They know what I'm doing. And that's how they, how do you get the sellers on board? You have to have them almost revere you and your skills. They have to think you are really a rock star. And the way I speak with sellers, I speak just like now. There's no difference between this conversation, this podcast with you and this audience than how I speak to sellers. It's exactly the same Keith Gordon. It's exactly the same tone and tenor. It's the same passion for what I do. I tell them the all buyers principle. I tell them listing prices are just placeholders to garner offers, which they are because they're not, I don't know value. Remember I said I don't know value. Why do I have to know value? I don't need to know value. I need to prove value. So when we pick a list price, let's say the seller goes 700,000 is my number. I go, okay, do you think you can get a full price offer at 700,000 seller? Yes, I do. I go, good. Well, that's just our list price. We might sell it for more. You might sell it for a bit less, but we want everybody to come at us and make an offer. And if we do it, if that's correct, I don't guarantee anything or promise anything to them or, or say, yes, that's the best list price. No, it's a placeholder. We're going to go out there and we're going to see how many people love us and hopefully we're real popular. And from there we go. That's how you get the listing. You don't, Say to them, I think your list price should be 682. Because the next listing agent is going to come behind you and say, I think your list price should be 715. Let me tell you why. They're going to win the listing every single time. So you've got to be very careful about your bravado. Don't think, you know, just because you get to think you're a hot shot. No, you have to let that seller help you find out what that placeholder is, or you're not going to get the listing. So it's very, yeah, it's very complicated. I, and, and the misconception with, with agents that I see is they, they feel like they have to know home values and they have to know everything. And we've mentioned this before, like, just let them talk. Yeah. You just have to be good communication, know how to get the information from them, but let them give you the information. Don't assume that you know what's going on in their head. And so from a coaching side of things, when we're talking about sales, and again, sales mindset has a different ring to it for different people. They don't want to sound salesy or sleazy or used car salesman. That comes up a lot. Just think of it as influence. You're really influencing someone to make a decision. Yeah. Uh, and we can walk through that framework at, at another time. But what I tell uh, my clients is like, first things first, that's another human being. And you're trying to do the best by them, but not sacrificing your principles, your integrity, or, or pandering just to get the deal. Like I think that's the reason that your referral business, your referral percentage is so high is I know what I'm going to get when I go talk to Keith. 
I don't have to guess. I don't have to know that oh, on Tuesdays he's a little elevated and on Thursdays he's down in the dumps and negative. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't question what Keith I'm going to get. It's the same Keith every single time. And that takes a lot of courage. As a younger agent, as a newer agent in the game, you have to develop a skill of courage, be able to stand there and say, no, 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 I do the best that I can do for my clients, and here's the principles that I'm going to run my business by. You're exactly right. That's that's exactly how I do it. And they ha it is a lot of courage. And, and Renee goes, how do you have the courage to do that? I go, because it's all I know. I don't know anything. But let me get back to the pricing thing for you. There's three ways to price a home. You got the pool, the pull, you got the push, and you got the at value. An example of the pull means your list price, your placeholder is above what you think value might be, but not by a bunch. Well, you can use the pull technique, which means, let's say we think value is 930,000. I, I did a deal a couple months back ago in, in Fort Myers. We put the list price at, at 949. I thought value was at 930. Because I, I said to the seller, I think I can pull a, a buyer up 20K. We, we already had the listing before. It didn't sell before COVID. They came back to me. <laughs> they, Keith, I'm ready to relist the property. I let them out of the listing agreement. I let some people out of my listing agreements, believe it or not. It depends on what they say to me. I'll break it and say, go. They wanted to rent the house you know, as a short-term rental because they didn't like the market conditions. Fine. That's, that's, that's a con I'm not going to overcome that objection. They wanted to do something. So let them do it, right? So they came back. And they said, I want to list it for nine. 79 and I said I don't think you should I think that's a bit of a push I mean a bit of a, a push of value I think 950 is a safer bet to get what I want because I know them. they know I'm good and they respect what I'm saying so I actually backed them down 20 and I got my number I got one buyer to give me 951 uh, 2000 over the list we had eight showings and only one offer that's a pull there wasn't multiple offers so I pulled one buyer out of the group to go hit it I'm targeting somebody stalking a neighborhood, but not 30 or 50,000 over value. I just was like 20K at the 900,000 mark. Okay, that's a pull. A push would be listing that same home at 899. If I would have listed at 899, oh, I would have probably had four offers or three, three or four, not a whole lot more because it wasn't that popular off the charts at 950. It really wasn't. They only had one offer, but I would have had significantly more offers at, at at 899 and then I would have pushed the value towards not maybe 950 but maybe 940 I could have probably gotten so I got an extra 10k by doing my pull it's a very surgical technique where sure, you're, yeah. you're, you're you're targeting a number to try to get that exact number and then the the most common thing I do is just go at value so if value is 930,000 on that home was my guess I would say let's just go at 930 that's why I say to every one of my people that know me where I don't have to fight for a listing I just say, go at value. Let the buyers tell us where the value is. We will push them, and I explain how. We're not gonna take a full price offer. We're not gonna counter anybody. We're gonna collect those offers, and we're gonna watch them, and we're gonna see what they do. And if you just let my team work for you, we will bring that high value sale home to you. That's what we say to them. Yeah, I love it, I love it. So I hope you've taken a lot of notes today, and I'm sure there's questions, and your brain is spinning about how you can get more value on either side. So we want to hear that those questions. We want to hear those comments. Uh, so connect with us on social. We'd love to give back value in any way that we can. That's kind of why we're doing this, this podcast. And 
plus we enjoy it. So uh, do us a favor and share this with someone in your community that needs to. Like, just send them a link and a text message and say, hey, I was thinking about you. Tell me what you think about this. And we cannot wait to connect with you. Until then. So that was Kelly from the Moser Movement. And I'm Keith Gordon from Ultra Realty. And thank you for listening. And we'll see you in the next podcast. That's it.